It's time for the PowerMizzou.com podcast with interviews and analysis of your Missouri Tigers. Now, here's your host, Gabe DeArmond. Welcome back to another week of the PowerMizzou.com podcast. And uh, I, I don't know if this is good news or bad news for you guys. Normally, we uh, we it's have a guest. <laughs> we have a guest, all that. This week, not so much. This week, you get me and Brian, and we have no idea what we're going to talk about. We're just going to kind of talk for a so little while. So it's a typical day for us. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We're going to make it up as we go along. Uh, just kind of throw some stuff out there, and I guess we'll uh, we'll start with the sport that, believe it or not, Missouri still plays, um, despite the fact that very few people are talking about it. Um, spring football game on Saturday. So there's that. There is that. It uh. There'll be guys throwing footballs around and maybe catching some footballs if they've improved yeah. since last season and uh, uh, tackles. Maybe oh. holding on to them. Yeah. Um, no Marcel Frazier, no uh, Kendall Blanton, no who else is out? Terry Beckner, Markel Lutze. Yeah. So, I mean, Franklin it's, it's going to be tough to figure out the defense just because there's so many pieces missing, mm-hmm. not only with the guys that are injured, but the guys that are coming in, the JUCO defensive tackles from Arizona. Um, I think Kobe Whiteside's the guy they – Feel like yep. it's probably going to play the, all the defensive backs coming Terry in. And, yeah, all the defensive backs I think have a, at least a chance. Um, I mean, there's nobody in that defensive backfield that you think, all right, he he's a guy that's got a spot locked down. He's, right. I mean, the dominant player. There's nothing like that in Missouri's defensive backfield right now. So you're not going to be able to figure out any of that stuff during this game. But you'll get to watch the offense throw the ball around. Drew Locke should look good. Hopefully, I mean, yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, people ask me, what can you take out of the spring football game? And I said, it, it it really depends on your point of view. I mean, let's say Drew Locke throws for 425 yards. 50% of the people are going to go, oh, my God, this kid's great, and he's going to be all SEC. And 50% of the people defense are going to go, oh, my God, we suck on defense yeah. again. You know, yeah. I, I mean, what you can take out of spring football is hopefully no one suffers a serious injury, which hasn't right. happened yet. Uh, I guess, knock on wood for Barry Odom. And... I've always said, like, spring football to me is about 40 hours where the coaches know where the kids are and they can't possibly be getting in any trouble. Yeah, and and you're hoping they're improving a little bit at least while you're out there practicing. <laughs> and, and, doing... and, and, like, the coaches can tell that. Right. Like, you and I can't right, tell no, that. Right, no, no, because we, we don't have any frame of reference to know where they're at coming into spring practice, really, what's going on. I mean, you and, see them out there. They've given us the opportunity to come and watch practices on Tuesday and Thursday, and you see them going through one-on-ones and – throwing the ball on 11 and 11. So you get a little bit more of a feel of what's going on, but you just with the amount of people out, the amount of people missing, and, and still when, it's just hard to tell um, from the sidelines like that what kind of difference there is from last year. And when you're playing against each other, like it, it, let's just say Justin Smith, for example, has four catches for 130 yards and two touchdowns. Well, what we're not going to know Maybe the defensive backfield had no idea what coverage it was in on three of those plays. So, you know, maybe Justin Smith was just wide open. Now, maybe that means Justin Smith's great, or maybe it doesn't. I I just don't – one good thing about the the, uh, reduced level of reporting in spring football and fall camp is that people don't build in these crazy expectations. Mm -hmm. I mean, we always said, look, even though we're there every day, we're telling you everything, like, don't take this as the gospel. Like, just because last year's spring game stars were Marvin Zanders, Rashad Floyd, and T.J. Warren. Right. Did any of those guys really make an impact last year? T.J. Warren had a good game, I remember, when he moved after he moved to linebacker. Right. And, um, yeah, other than that, no. Yeah, so it, it, 
look, here's what spring the spring football game is. Hopefully it's nice weather. It's a chance to have some Shiloh ribs and wings and mm-hmm. maybe a drink at the tailgate. Meet Gabe. Exactly. Tell Brian that he's the, the engine behind this site. You know, and, Not as and good as Alex Schiffer, he, though. None of us are Pete Scandalberry, who, <laughs> who, by the way, will be at the spring tailgate. Huge draw for Missouri fans. But, uh, I mean, it's a chance to go out, hopefully enjoy some nice weather, see some people you haven't seen. And for those people who... Like, football is their thing. 12 months a year, that's their sport. And I know there's a lot of people out there. Then it's a chance to see football in April. But that's about it. I guess if there's some things you really wanted to focus on, maybe the two sophomore cornerbacks, just watching them go against the top wide receivers. I mean, because that's something pretty specific, like how they cover and how they're getting in and out of breaks, stuff like that. I mean, if if you care about football that much where you're watching that kind of stuff, that might be something you could kind of focus on and get something out of. But a lot of it's just going to be, yeah. Well, and, and there are things, I mean, there have been instances in the past, like I watched Alden Smith in fall camp, mm-hmm. and it didn't take a genius to figure out, oh right. my God, this guy's really good. Right. So if somebody's really, really good, they may stand out, and, and you may be able to say, hey, now that, like if Isaiah Miller comes in and runs for 260 yards against right. the number two defense, you might be able to say, okay, that kid's probably going to play. But it almost has to be something that's either really good or on the flip side, really bad. Like if... If the left tackle gets beat for six sacks on Saturday, mm-hmm. that's probably not a very good sign. No, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, stuff, big stuff like that that's pretty obvious to everybody. People might be able to take stuff away from but I, like you said, it's just a day to have fun, go out, see some football, get outside. Summer's coming. Yep. I mean, I, I don't, hopefully uh, hopefully there's a good turnout for the, the uh, tailgate. I know you do a great job well, setting that up every year. It seemed, and, the turnout's always been pretty good. So Always been good, and look – we cater to the diehard people who do care about this right. football game. The larger issue here is, and I, the diehards get upset about it every year, spring game attendance. The bottom line is there aren't very many places where you're going to get more than 25, 30,000 people. Probably to 10 watch or less, practice. right? I mean, a lot of, I think Missouri will have, I don't know, 10 to 15, maybe. Right. Yeah, 10 schools or less they can draw. Oh, yeah. I mean, Nebraska, Alabama, um, Maybe Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State. But Michigan probably there, now. With- there are places that like make this an event and right. sell tickets. And here's something else to remember about Missouri when you're when you're upset about the attendance. Like this is free, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want to make it something where you charge ten dollars a ticket, you're going to eliminate at least half the people in the stands. I mean, it just it, it in certain places, and I think largely places where the college football team is really all there is. Now, Ohio State's a little bit different because I know there are Reds fans and Indians mm. fans, and there are professional sports in Ohio. Isn't there a hockey team but, in Columbus? Right, maybe. <laughs> um, I heard the playoffs started last night. A bunch of people tried to get me to watch. I did not do so. <laughs> but, um, it, it, but, you know, Alabama, there's that is the state's team. Right. Nebraska, that is the state's team. Uh, there's not a lot else going on. So it's a cultural deal built over not months or years but decades right yeah to to build up to that point and oh by the way obviously those teams have historically been really good but even places like texas a&m auburn i, I don't think florida draws crazy numbers for their spring no game. yeah i'd be surprised if they did you really really have to like college football and like your team for this to be an event 
or to be a, a special set of circumstances. I think I remember coming to the 2008 spring game. They, they had 27,000. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was thinking. It was around 30. So that And that was coming off a year where they almost made a national championship game. There was Chase Daniel was coming back. All those guys were coming back. So people were as excited as they've ever been about Missouri football, I would assume. I, I mean, yeah. obviously, oh, I wasn't no around question. in the 60s to, to feel the fever back then. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that – I mean, that special set of circumstances, you might be able to get something like that going here. But normally, yeah, you're right. 10,000 10, is about what you're going to get, I would would guess. Missouri last year um, did not almost make the national title. No, they did football. not. <laughs> and, and look, this is too early, and this is a complete throwing darts. But for the hell of it, let's, let's just kind of take a look forward to what we think, you know, a, a, about this team in the 2017 season. To me, I, the number one key – to me, has been for months. I've looked at this schedule. It's not hard. Right, no, they it's not. They have to win seven games. Right, yeah, they for sure. The, the, I mean, the opportunity is there for the bowl game. If they don't make a bowl game, it's just, I mean, it's a huge, huge disappointment of a season. And and something that's not going to bode well for Coach Odom, I want to think. I mean, just with when you have that type of opportunity mm-hmm. where – there's the kids that are out there for the 2018 recruiting class. The schedule that you have out there, the offense is as good. I mean, pretty good offense coming back from last season. Mm-hmm. Everything's kind of falling into place. All they have to do is get the special teams a little bit better and get the defense a little bit better. That I mean, that's really it to and, get to seven or eight wins. Right, and that's the thing. They don't have to get to ten. Right. No, nobody's saying this team needs to be ten and two. And but I, I will say this: this is it, and it's kind of what I said about Kim Anderson's second year, like. He's Barry Odom's not getting fired after right. this season. He's going to be here. But there can be things that happen in this season that will tell me whenever he does get fired, this is the point I'm going to look at and say, that's kind of when we knew. I, I th- mean, I knew after Kim's second season that long-term, this wasn't going to work. I thought it was I, the UMKC game. for Kim. <laughs> No, not for me. It was for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> but, but long-term, look, I, I was willing to say first year, extenuating circumstances, crazy stuff. Okay, I'll write that off. I need to see improvement in year two. And you didn't see improvement in year two, and I came out of that season knowing whether it's one more year or four more years, like long-term, this is not going to work here. If Barry Odom is four and eight this year, what the first thing that's going to mean is that a lot of these 2018 kids, if not all of these 2018 kids, are going somewhere else. The second thing it's going to mean to me is it may not happen this year. It may not happen next year. But if this team is not in a bowl game, I've got a really hard time seeing how this works. Right, long-term. he's the long-term solution. Yeah, yeah, I agree completely. It's, and I mean, it, it's there. It's right there. It shouldn't. The, there's enough talent on this team to make a bowl game, without a and, doubt. And again, you're in the SEC. Like you don't get to play a max schedule, right? right. You have to play some grown-up teams at some point. But I think it's. UConn in the non-conference. Mm-hmm. You ought to, if this team is not four and zero in non-conference games, it's a disaster. Right, UConn's on the so, road, but still, but it's yeah. UConn. Y- you go and lose to UConn. I'm I'm going to tell you, you're not going to a bowl game, and you're a bad. Team. <laughs> I, that's all there is because UConn was terrible last year. Um, okay, so you've got those four. You've got what? South Carolina's at home, correct? Tennessee's at home. Tennessee's and, and at down home. probably. Florida's at home, right? Uh, okay, you go to Georgia. That's the one most people will say, okay, it's it, not impossible, but it's probably a lot. Auburn's at home, which, uh, right. which is going to be tough, Auburn obviously. Auburn is tough, but it's here. Right. 
Uh, you're at Vandy. Uh, Vandy's okay. Mm-hmm. You're at Kentucky. Kentucky. Kentucky's okay. I, I mean, and you're at Arkansas, and Arkansas's okay. Right. So if you if you want to sit there and say, okay, you are playing in the Southeastern Conference. You don't have a choice. You've got to play eight SEC games. Draw me up the schedule <laughs> you want to play. That, that's Where it. can it be easier yeah. than what Missouri has this year? Yeah. It, the only way is maybe if you get to play Missouri, which they can't do. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's we've been saying it. It's there for them. If if they can't capitalize on this, wh- what are they ever going to be able to capitalize on? And right. and it's not like they don't have the players to do it. I mean, there's right. enough talent, enough players win. out there to to win. I I think the baseline expectation, like the the bottom line where you go, this wasn't a disaster, is six. The, yeah. The bottom line where you say it's a decent season is seven, mm-hmm. eight or more. I'll say this is a good year. Good year. Yeah, if you get up to obviously, if you get nine or ten, then you're thing. Oh, great year! I mean, if you get nine bright, or ten, you're la- you're you've got a like, chance to clean up in the state, right. and all of a sudden, like look forward. Right. So, that's a. Uh, I mean, there it is. That's we laid it yeah. out for everybody. There, there you go. That's what's gonna happen. We don't we don't know what's gonna happen. We just know what needs to happen. So, kind of want to transition to uh, to basketball with kind of a hybrid question here. And uh, I was asked this on the radio earlier this week. Is there anything football-wise that could make the splash that Michael Porter made in basketball? And I actually think there is. What if all 10 of these in-state kids get together and say, let's all visit this weekend? Let's take our officials November 12th or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Uh, That would do it. Or what if all seven kids from St. Louis get together and say, Let's all have our announcements on the same day. It doesn't have to be National Signing Day. It could be December 19th, right. whatever. But pick one day and say, let's all announce on the same day. Th- that would absolutely be as big a deal to Missouri fans as Michael Porter Jr. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. That uh, I mean, we saw with the Doyle Green-Beckham situation, that mm-hmm. was, I would say, pretty much on the level of Michael Porter Jr. I mean, that was a big oh, deal whenever he committed. I mean, especially since... The thing with Michael Porter Jr. is people knew it was going to happen once everything right. fell into place. No one really, really knew about Doriel until he said the, the Missouri. The didn't know. Yeah, so... At least they tell me they didn't. The, the anticipation, the, the uh, kind of uh, nervousness and excitement was all there for Missouri fans, which I think leads to like more pure emotion coming out yeah. of it when you're invested heavily in it. With Michael Porter Jr., everyone was excited, but they kind of knew what was going right. on with it. was with just it. a matter of... Is it going to happen today or tomorrow? Right, exactly. Or once week? once everything fell into place with Michael Porter Sr. coming on staff after Romar got let go. So, yeah, if, if if there was something like all those guys came in for the official visit the same weekend, which is something I would think the Missouri coaches would be trying they, to set up. But, I, I mean, logistically well, it's just tough with It's really hard because you can't do it during the season. Right. There's no way those 10 kids are all going to have a weekend during the football season they can do it. So well, Missouri likes the it, January visits anyways. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think if I'm Barry Odom, here's what I'm doing. That weekend where Michael Porter Jr. plays his first game against Iowa mm-hmm. State and Missouri plays Tennessee the next day, if a kid can get here that weekend – I want him here right. that weekend, and I want him at the basketball game, and I want him at the football game because that weekend is going to be the last thing I can think that would compare for Missouri. I mean, maybe the A&M game where you clinch the mm-hmm. SEC title game, uh, but I think more likely that the weekend that game day was here for Oklahoma, right. that's the last weekend that I think you're going to get that kind of feeling on campus. 
And the great thing with this situation with Missouri, with the Tiger 10, the St. Louis 7, all these guys, is they can come in that weekend unofficially. Right. They, I mean, that, yeah, they can drive down right, after they play. They Friday don't have night. to set up official visits for that weekend. They can come down after they play their high school football games. I, the basketball game is it's Friday night. Friday night, so that makes it tougher getting into that environment. But still, you it's still going to be big weekend. They can see Michael Porter Jr. the next day. I mean, I'm sure he'll be around the football stadium and things like that. So ask, ask him maybe to honor, maybe to recognize the basketball team and have him walk out right, on the football field yeah, at exactly. the end of the first quarter. So last week I was at dinner with my wife. Um, I was asked, uh, uh, you know. Why are you not stalking basketball recruits? The next day, I was washing my car. I was asked if they were going to get Kevin Knox. Um, this afternoon, I was mailing a package. I was asked if I've ever seen anything like this. I've never seen buzz like this for Missouri basketball. Yeah, I, I haven't been around as much as you have, but obviously, even that season where Denman and English were seniors, and it was so exciting to watch and everything, that it wasn't the same. It it, it always felt like with that team, people were waiting for the other shoe to drop a little bit because they knew there was some issues with it some without flaws. the size right. and everything like that. And and everybody, no, all the fans never completely bought in yeah. on Frank Haith. The last time, honestly, I think there was anything like this level of excitement was 1994 when they were yeah. 14-0 in the Big 8. I mean, I was a high school senior, so I wasn't in Columbia, but... You know, all my friends that were Missouri fans, and you watch the video of that Nebraska game, and then, I mean, I, I was, all my friends were skipping school. We were watching the tournament games. That's the one where Piekowski had a shot yeah. to win it or it, tie it. Or... It was like in and, and out. <laughs> Jesus tipped it out. Yeah, you know, but, uh, and some would have you believe it was the last good thing that happened to Missouri basketball. <laughs> but, yeah, that tournament, I remember, you know, they, they – they played Navy, uh, I believe, in the first round. And they played Michael Finley in Wisconsin in the second round. And, and I think it was Syracuse and Lawrence Moton in the Sweet 16 and then Arizona. But, like, we were skipping school to watch games, all that. And so that's the last time I can think. I mean, and what's unbelievable about this last month to me is it's almost like Missouri has planned this in that something huge happens. And then, like, 48, 72 hours later, the buzz is kind of worn off about that. And then something else huge yep. happens. You know, it's, it, it, it has been a sustained three-and-a-half-week-long high for Missouri fans. If it, I mean, if it is, Jim Sturck and the basketball coaches and uh, They're geniuses, Nick Juice, they? the new, the new uh, director of the communications. communications. Yeah, they've, I mean, kudos to them because that's, uh, that's a hell of a plan to execute like that. And and build up the the uh, excitement around the state of Missouri. I'm I'm sure they're feeling the benefits in the ticket office. I know there was a couple stories out right after you signed about adding a thousand season tickets or something like that. I I think and I, I mean you you're hearing people talk about our, the Iowa State weekend and the Tennessee week and how excited they are for that to get here and and like you said it's gonna be the biggest thing since uh, yeah probably Oklahoma. So it's 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 makes covering the team a little bit. More bearable when it's, <laughs> it's a lot more fun. Yeah. It's a lot different than uh, like, CS 1950. That's for sure. Right, like like people people again. We talk about this all the time, but they don't believe you when you say you're not a fan. Like whatever. The last three years, I've covered all the games. I wrote about them. Right. I mean, I didn't write much because frankly, I knew you weren't reading. But I went, um, you know, and I put in my time. And ten minutes into every game, I started writing because the game was over and all that. But it, like, is this more fun? It's absolutely more fun. Like. Nobody in college basketball is getting as much national attention as Conzo Martin in Missouri this month. 
which outside of North Carolina. And frankly, right. I had to stop and think about who won the national title. And to th- I mean, it's still just crazy to think about where it was a month ago to now. It, I mean, I I don't know if there's ever been a program flip I, 180 like that ever. The the biggest turnaround in college basketball history, at least that I've been able to find, was Ohio State won eight. They went eight and twenty two or eight and twenty three, and then the next year with Michael Red and Scooney Penn, they went twenty seven and eight and went to the Final Four. Hmm. So nineteen game turnaround. That's the biggest I can. Find. Was that a that, coaching change that? I don't remember, honestly. Okay. I, I don't know. Uh, but but it, it, as far as sports goes, the comparison I've made a few times is the 99 Rams. Yeah. There was not a stop between garbage and great. Right. Like, it was garbage to great, oh, by the way, with your starting quarterback being injured in the <laughs> middle of that. But it's the only thing I can think of. And, look, Missouri hasn't gone to a Final Four at this right. point, so they haven't won a national title. It's, it's not that. But just the excitement level – I, and I was in South Dakota at that time, so I don't know. I didn't know a lot of Rams fans, but I've got to imagine the excitement level in that Rams fan base for those four months was just kind of every week, oh, my God, it's still happening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's what this is like. It'll be interesting. I mean, looking at this group that they have so far, I mean, how do you see this team coming together? That's, that's I mean, all this is exciting to talk about, but once they get on the court, I mean, is it – how, how much of a chance is there for them to make the tournament, to make a run in the and tournament? And see, that's the thing. I think right now, if they bring in the roster that they have today, mm-hmm. could they make the tournament? Yeah. Would they make it? I don't know. Um, you know, I think they're probably like a high NIT seed or a, or a sneaking into the mm-hmm. NCAA tournament team. If it's as it is today, and that is Michael Porter signed, C.J. Roberts signed, Blake Harris signed, right. adding them to the guys minus uh, K.J. Walton and Frankie Hughes. And obviously the key is, is the next month as positive as the last month was. Um, Jeremiah Tillman is out there. Kansas is sending, uh, I forget the guy's first name, uh, Curtis Townsend Mm -hmm. to see him on Friday. Um, Missouri is sending Conzo Martin to see him on Friday. Most people I talk to still believe that Jeremiah Tillman is signing with Missouri. Okay. You know, so you've got that. You've got Kevin Knox out there. Um, Kevin Knox is going to decide sometime between April 28th and May 10th. Uh, again, I don't think that is good, bad, or indifferent mm-hmm. for Missouri, the timetable. I think it is good for his chance to get it nationally televised. I think that's what that is. And he's hanging out with Michael Porter Jr. right now, right? They're both in Brooklyn yeah, getting ready for the Jordan Brand game. Yeah, that's played Friday night. And so this is the third week in a row he's hanging out with, with Porter and, and uh, you know, a lot of Duke people feel good about it. A lot of Carolina people think they have a chance. A lot of Kentucky people think they have a chance. I will say this. Missouri people think they've got an excellent chance. Right. That doesn't mean that it's going to happen. We've seen that before. But the people that I talk to that are familiar with this situation think that they've got a really good shot at, at Kevin Knox. And we've heard a little bit that some of the people in the ACC think Missouri has. I mean, they know they have a chance as well, but they're not just looking at Missouri as somebody that's like, oh, they're wasting. I mean, they look at them as I, legitimate competition. For I them. think before the visit, they all said, "Yeah, that's no, come on, that's he's not going there." Mm-hmm. And then after the visit last weekend, you started to sense a little, okay, there's a chance of this. This could happen. And then the third guy out there, and this is the one where everybody outside of Columbia will tell you you're stupid for saying. This. Missouri has a chance at Mark Smith. Right. I mean, they do. I, I'm just 
based on everything I'm being told, Missouri is absolutely not eliminated with Mark Smith. And if you talk to some people, they're right there with Michigan State. I mean, he obviously likes the school. He committed to play baseball here. Mm-hmm. Um, Conzo Martin was recruiting him when he was at Cal. He knows Jeremiah Tillman, so if that situation works out where they land him, all that stuff kind of helps. But, yeah, Michigan State's been on him longer. He's been up there for a visual visitor. He's going on one soon. He was there he last He was there weekend. last weekend. So, yeah. yeah, that I mean, fighting with Michigan State and Tom Izzo for players is a good place to be, though. It, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you know, you are recruiting uh, – against a different level of competition. You are right now, think about this. There's three guys out there. Missouri is recruiting against Illinois, Michigan State, Kansas, Florida State, Kentucky, Duke, and North Carolina. Right. That's kind of insane. I mean. It's, uh, <laughs> no no offense to Kevin Purrier or Terrence Phillips. It's a little different than the guys that t- schools they went to get against yeah. to get those two. No question. And, um. So, so back to the original question, if it all works out, if they get those guys, I would say if they get one of those guys, it's a disappointment if you're not in the tournament. Right. If you get two of them, it's a huge disappointment. That's when you start to think the all the negative stuff people have said about Coach Martin. I mean, not getting some t- good teams at Cal, getting some mm-hmm. good recruits and not able to get them into the tournament or make runs in the tournament, then people are immediately going to go to that and think, right. all right, all that stuff was true. And then it's going to be, yeah, what what happens on the floor next year. And But, look, I think if you get two of those three guys, you aren't saying, will they make the tournament. You're saying, what's their seed? Right. I, 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 Can they win the, the SEC? Right. That's the goal. That is, And, look, Kentucky's bringing in eight guys this year. That And I know John Calipari always has a new team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's got a really good recruiting class, but he has no top 10 guys right now. And so Kentucky might be a, a step down. Like, I, nobody will pick Missouri to win the SEC. But if they get all these guys, I think everybody will pick them as a top 14. Right, yeah, I, I would think they would for sure. I mean, I guess Florida's probably going to be good again. South Carolina will be South good. South Carolina will be good again. Um, Arkansas is getting something going down there a little right. bit. But, yeah, I think there's no reason to think that Missouri should not have a goal of winning it and an expectation of being in the top three or four. Yeah, exactly. It, it's it'll be it's going to be fun for everyone to, to follow. I mean, this I know uh, Alex Schiffer's been covering this stuff for as, as well as anybody, better than anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it, Tillman, and is it the talk there's going to be an official visit? Eventually, I, or is he not even going to need one? I mean, see, I, I feel like he's been to Missouri before, obviously not while Coach Martin was there. but Right, and there's a very small window. You go back to a dead period pretty mm-hmm. soon or an evaluation period where Coach is on the road. So there's a very small window where he would almost have to take, like, Monday, Tuesday visits. Right. Um, I, I don't know. He's going to have an in-home visit with Conzo Martin and with Curtis Townsend. I would anticipate news next week out of the okay. tournament. Uh, and then probably without campus visits, and then Knox in early May, and then Mark Smith whenever. We have absolutely no idea what's going on there. But um, what is it? Brian Bowen was the other one somebody mentioned the other day. Yeah, I mean, he's a, a five star. Missouri's just reaching out to every kid that every five star small forward 20. that they can. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> so yeah, um, all that is happening, and we will continue to follow it. I am planning to. Go to the EYBL event in Indianapolis at the end of April to start kind of paying a little more attention to who Missouri is seriously looking at in the class of 2018. Um, 
you know, there will be a lot of guys locally and nationally there. This is a, a team that clearly has set its sights on recruiting nationally. So this weekend, Friday night, uh, Tanner yeah. Houck, 630 baseball against game. Kentucky. We've got a, a big gathering at the baseball game. Left field lounge, what do they call it? It's the not, break time lounge. Break time lounge. The left field right. lounge is copyrighted and illegal. Copyright infringement. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so we'll do that Friday night, spring football game, and – uh, we'll have uh, the list of visitors that we have confirmed on uh, on Friday morning in the chamber. A few in-state guys, uh, Tyler, uh, I believe it's Tyler Shaw, a uh, quarterback right. from Arizona, who's going to be in town. So there'll be a, it's not going to be a huge visit weekend, but there will be some guys on campus, and certainly we'll do our best to catch up with them on Saturday night and Sunday. And uh, yeah, it sounds like maybe five to ten kids with offers somewhere in that range. Something like hearing. that. Yeah, and then uh, then I guess we'll just. Uh, See what happens next. Got Austin Kim's going away party Friday night. A huge event in Columbia, absolutely. <laughs> Shutting so. down Shakespeare's downtown. Yeah, it's a big weekend. I uh, <laughs> after after Saturday, well, I'm going to I'm going to Royals Giants Tuesday. So after Tuesday, I may not need to drink again for a few months. <laughs> but yeah. you know. I won't have that problem. <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe we'll. Uh, who knows? We we might be drinking right now. Folks. You never know what happens here at the PowerMizzou.com podcast. It's rather informal, but anyway, um, no guests this week. But uh, we are hopeful that we're going to have Jim Sturt next week on the podcast. Hopeful that in the next couple weeks we'll have Conzo Martin on the podcast. So, uh, not that listening to to us is not entertaining. This is very informative, those, I think. Those might get more downloads than this one. <laughs> I don't know. We're yeah. pretty funny. Yeah, if you didn't get enough of us Friday night at the baseball game, Saturday night at the spring tailgate. And we'll be back sometime next week with uh, hopefully Jim Sterk on the podcast. And uh, stay tuned, guys, because we live in a world where suddenly good things happen every day to Missouri sports. So thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.